Welcome to Automation Advocates, a show where we will talk about automation, manufacturing, and meet some of the personalities that are involved in the industry and get their perspectives. We hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoy creating. Thanks, and here's the show. So Justin and Charlie today here, Two once times again, in a row. no adult in the room keeping track of us. I feel like ninth grade uh, dances again, I get stood up. Allegedly, I don't remember that actually happening. I have to check the, I had to check the notes. So uh, yeah. today's topic, we're talking about um, as as our theme continues to be automating the suck out of life. Um, I find as the spring, it's springtime here in Minnesota. Um, the the snow is now gone, so all the garbage that is collected on said snow is coalescing uh, at the sides of roads and uh, parking lots. And parks and, you know, everybody needs to do their part and pick things up. But I think uh, with where we're at in society, I think we should also be able to have a robot to do that. I mean, it's, I'm advocating here, I guess, to be blatant. Um, where's Wally? Let's make him real. Yeah, I mean, the only downside of trying to automate some of that garbage pickup is where will people do their community service hours? Yeah, it's, it's, I, I think we got better ideas. We teach a kid to read. <laughs> I saw a billboard today in downtown Minneapolis that read 40% of white kids in Minnesota also can't read at grade level. So, you know, and then I was at a, um, a casting summit recently at uh, Rock Island uh, Arsenal Foundry and the DOD um, lady showed up and she had some insights on how we need to build better employees earlier in the school cycle, you know, as early as like fourth or fifth grade, start you know energizing and directing them towards being valuable members of society and then people in the foundry business want to have everybody recognized as a, as a um, professional worker with the same esteem as a, uh, for sure as a, as an attorney or a, a doctor. I'm like, well, duh. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Put them in white coats. So go do it. Give them instead of charging to the lowest dollar, why don't you give them all a uniform, you know, and it, and it'd be better than a pair of blue overalls. Right. Like if, if you want to have a kick-ass foundry, well then, you know, lay out the uh, environment and don't allow them to show up in big Johnson shirts and, and butt cracks of galore. Not to right. say that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, enable your workforce. Give them that benefit. Right. And I'm sure they'd love to get rid of the clothes that they have to keep at their house that stink like holy shit. Yeah, and just the, I mean, so you and I have spent enough time in foundries and machine shops, right? It's It yeah. stains, it's like it soaks in you're never getting it out those are single use things but yeah. i also have customers partners manufacturing friends that have everybody in a uniform and it's it's not a white lab coat it's a sure. navy blue outfit right sure has their name and the company name on their shirt and it's yeah. obviously provided there's the the rack near the locker room yeah. and such and then they have a dude who runs around on what could be an amr to keep the theme going but he's doing one of those little tenant robot uh, scrubbers yeah and he's doing it Eight hours a day. They pay him. I mean, he's obviously a retired dude, and he's like the mayor. Runs around and high-fives everybody. Right, right. He's got a rubber chicken hanging off the front, you know? But, yeah, you you can have, to your point, I mean, look at the, uh, have you seen that video of the new, Porsche put out a video recently. No. Showing how a 911 is built. So they built, I believe, a 911 GT3 RS, which is like a $265,000, sure. you know, monster of engineering and goodness 
and probably 560 naturally horse, you know, aspirated horsepower. Yes, it's petrol based, but they're they're also investing in carbon free fuels. So sure. game on. Sure. But it it's a three day process. And the car, I've been to the Porsche Museum, and right next door in Stuttgart is the manufacturing facility. And there's all these overhead skyways, kind of like we have in Minneapolis. Oh, sure. Yep. But the people don't move in the skyways. The cars move. Yeah. Yeah, that's super common because it gets them off the floor. Yeah, yeah. And it also maintains the ability for the factory to expand and keep a controlled environment for said, you know, in work in progress. Right. Right. Because right. that whip is just as valuable as the finished product. Absolutely. Actually, it's arguably more. Right. Right. So, yeah, it's it's fascinating. It's really, really fascinating. What we've when we control when we control the environment, we can achieve amazing things. Right. We have flight with uh, unprecedented safety levels at this mm-hmm. point. Right. We're putting people in space on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. But we're also not we haven't seen that, in my opinion, but we're starting to in what we're talking about today, which is automated mobile robots. We have these robots now being created to do these jobs to provide more consistent, more predictable results, right? So you you found, who's your favorite? So one of the ones that I've driven past uh, out in the Fresno Valley is Gus. So G-U-S-S. Oh, you didn't tell me in a pre-show, uh, pre-show game that you actually saw this set. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, please. So when tell. you're out driving through the almond... Uh, almond fields right or whatever else they're growing out there um the rows are pretty well spaced right but here's this giant four-wheeled thing driving between the rows and they're able to spray whatever you need to right so it just sprays wow could be you know nutrients could be water it could be whatever that is i'm assuming it has a vision system component so it knows when it's in front of a tree when it's not let me take a look here i mean you have to right i mean this robot ain't and a dollar yep. fifty. No, 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 no. So it looks like it's got some cameras on it. I yep. would assume it's got some safety uh, GPS built in here. It says you can wear a safety vest, so if you're walking near it, it'll automatically turn it off, right? So you could follow it or, or walk behind. Or it. if it's an RFID enabled safety vest, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Like, maybe. Oh, we know we have ten people surrounding the rabbit or the robot. Excuse right. me. But it says here, you know, just just like you'd expect, and and I wonder, you know, I mean, I, I guess it's. It's a King Kong-sized Roomba, right? But it says you map your field out, right? So tell it where the boundaries are. I think it's more of a silverback. I don't know if it's actually King Kong. <laughs> um, right? It's it's what, what four by eight by four for those of those of us not yeah, able to sure, on the sure. treadmill, not able to Google this right now. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's basically uh, can we call it a lifted Civic? Have you seen these lifted Priuses down in Arizona? No. They put why? A Prius on uh, thirty-inch uh, donk tires. Why? So, but that's that's effectively what this is, right? It's the yeah, size it's, of a Prius, but it's uh, it's elevated. Yeah, for without those, a doubt, it's a for big, those not able to look at it right now. Big stainless tank about the size of Steve here in the photo. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, it it's got some tractor tires on it. It's cruising around. So it's about the size of a minivan, not a Prius, on big wheels. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. Call yep. it a minivan. Yep. yep. Um, but. Now, all of a sudden, they're saying, hey, you can monitor what you're spraying, right? Because you know where you sprayed it. You know when you totally. sprayed it. And it's... Battery it just power? Works. I don't know if it's gas or petrol or battery. We'll, we'll figure it out. Should be. Um, Why not? But even if it's not, like it, 
it just does it right. So I think back to, or you could probably do it really, really uh, low emission diesel too. Yeah. And just go. Anything's better than you or I getting inside of a turboprop crop duster ultralight buzzing. Oh, thank you for that illustration. Yeah. Maybe you and I together in a uh, crop duster. No, no, no. Yeah. Just like drive, drive in Renville County, Minnesota. For sure. I mean, that dude crushes big old yellow dusty. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And he's spraying it all over the place. He's not hitting what he's supposed to. And you wonder why the guy in front of you doesn't roll up his window. Right. While the airplane's going over. Oh, he shuts it off before it gets to the ditch. No, he doesn't. Oh, does he? Right. Yeah. How's the wind there, Jimmy? Yeah. and unless he's real good, and I'm sure he's he's pretty good, but he's not real good. Corn capital of the world, he's good. But there's going to be overlap. Totally. And then he's going to miss a little bit. Absolutely. It's a global operation, not it's, a micro operation. It's inconsistent, totally. right? So yeah. now all of a sudden you've got, and again, for most people this might not matter, but as we get closer and closer to automating the rest of the ag chain prior to it getting to a factory... It's got to be consistent. You need to have corn that grows the same. You can't have one row be six inches shorter on a six-foot stalk than the rest of them. Sure, it just but, won't work. But like in the almond game, which I'm, I'm, I'm on team anti-almond for those of you uh, out there. Because if you it understand, takes like a pile of water yeah, to grow it's just, one nut. Yeah, it's 20, 28 gallons for one nut or something like that. That's an exaggeration. <laughs> you know, I'm sure it's actually better than that. But I'm my point right is, now. my point is, is if you have a, you know, like my, my brother-in-law, Rice Fruit Company, Gettysburg, PA or so, they they got a pretty, you know, set up orchard. And those trees take a while to, to generate fruit. So why aren't we just putting out an infrastructure setup? And we should ask Ben. We could just call Ben up and ask him. That'd be fun. But like put that infrastructure out to drop in the water right to that tree and then related minerals, whatever. Right. Well, why don't we do that versus why do we buy Gus? So the answer is 3.2 gallons per almond. Thank you. Which is still obscene. Yeah. But yes. And then and then they squish it, add more water, and call it almond milk. And then, well, they, yeah. and then they drink it, and roughly four hours later, they pee it out. It seems incredibly <laughs> wasteful. <laughs> and it's a 98 cents adder at Starbucks, right? So I guess the question would be, how many gallons of water went into that one gallon of almond milk? Correct. Versus how many gallons of water went into a gallon of traditional milk? Or could you just, you know, drink some water, homie? Put a tea bag in but it. But it doesn't taste as good. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. When we come up with synthetic almonds, I guess I'll be back on board. But I'm sure that's a gallon of water. Yeah, we figured out. I mean, that's why that dude played uh, the, what do you play, the, the xylophone for oat milk, the CEO of oat milk at the Super Bowl. Did you see that commercial? No. He's like, check me out, dude. I can make all this oat milk from this giant oat field. And it doesn't take a lot of water. Like, he he, he gets it. Hmm. That's why he's in business. That is, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway. But they're doing it in hydroponics, right? Yeah. I mean, the whole cannabis game, they, they, they've got microdose irrigation and, and nutrients. They've got that down to a science because they're indoor. I mean, talk about controlling everything. But I got to believe Gus, to your point, is much better than Dusty, the crop hopper. For sure. And and I do think, I mean, for those, so actually that was a, a science fair project, speaking of the hydroponics thing that I did with my daughter a couple years back. So we were getting ready to go on spring break. 
and she had a science project that was due science fair, whatever. And she wanted to figure out like, how do I grow seeds with water, without water, with sun, without sun, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the six cases or whatever you want to yeah, build yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, cool, you can't do that one. She's like, why not? Because we're leaving. So unless you're putting those seeds in your backpack, we're not doing that one. Mm-hmm. So we bought a hydropot, right? So it was, so we, what did we grow? Strawberries, I think. Strawberries and tomatoes. Okay. No dirt. Just yeah. water and nutrients, and it just sprayed the roots, and the roots grew into the water and rock and roll. That's exactly what they're doing with some of these vertical uh, farms. Vertical farms, yeah, yeah. Netherlands Plenty. is crushing. Yep. Uh, there's some dudes in Brooklyn, I believe. I think Denmark's on board. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm sure John Deere's pretty against that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's interesting. Maybe not. You know, well, I don't know. they got their hands on a lot. They still got to make cotton t-shirts. Yeah. So here's here's plenty, right? So they're yeah, beautiful. You know, they're just growing. And they, the other cool thing is you can grow plenty vertical. for those of you not able to Google right now. Imagine a thirty to forty foot tall warehouse with aisles that are no long, no more than um, three feet wide for human beings to walk down. Yep. And then vertical. Rows and rows and rows and rows and rows. Like each module, vertical height is no more than three feet. And inside that three-foot space, they're growing lettuce, peppers. Name your favorite radish. Arugula, kale. Yeah. Mizuna mix. I don't know what that is. It's like a spring Um, deal. But yeah, so it's lights. Yeah. And it's water. I don't want to simplify it down, but it's PVC tubing with liquid. Correct. Um, Which is super cool. So, those are a couple of my early favorites. The other one, if you really want to get down to brass tacks and being direct, and we will have all these links in the show notes, this farm bot. Oh, yeah. See, that's a, that's a more of an automated version of what I was talking about. Right. So, it literally will put the seed exactly where it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. and then it will water exactly where it's supposed to be, and then it can drive around and pluck weeds in between where things were not supposed to be. Man, I should put that on my uh, sun porch. It's only 2200 bucks. Yeah. We could probably build one for like eight. Hundred? No, like eight thousand because you and I are not professionals at building cheap. Yeah, but those C and C those C and C that's just C and C on eighty twenty, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a Raspberry Pi. Yeah, with bidirectional. I got a guy over in Woodbury I'm supposed to meet up with. He's he's already done this. Yeah, I mean as long as he's you just doing it, it's a three D printer. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's an eight by four by eight three D printer. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. instead of outputting plastic it just carbon pinches. fibers. Yeah, it just drops in my seed. Yeah, yeah. But they probably have the algo as far as like here's the proper spacing for these kind of plants and stuff. Uh, I don't know that I'd be willing to wager money on that. Um, no, you could plot that out. That's like a oh, it's not software. rocket science. Yeah, I mean, but I'm just when you said, hey, do they already have it pre-thought out? I mean, Beautiful. it doesn't look like they've got it thought out, but it looks like you could just go into some sort of mapping tool. Sure, but sell. the ROI on twenty two hundred dollars for your own food source like that is a little steep. Yeah. yeah you no know, yeah. offense to what they're doing. No, no, no. Well, and the other challenge we have here is you've got rain and snow and all the other shenanigans, so you got to make sure all this stuff's waterproof. This doesn't look super... Like, I don't know that I'm raining on this thing, but you could try, I suppose. But anyway, that's uh, that's kind of the long story short. Um, but yeah, so 
it's uh, it's it's really neat when you start thinking about this, and we're taking the suck out again. Because I don't want to go. I mean, maybe I do want to drive a crop duster, but I can't imagine that's a good healthy lifestyle either. Flying around with chemicals. Oh, I bet they love it. I bet they love it. As long Um, as they don't crash, I bet they just enjoy it. But those power lines (laughs) along the highway, man, of T (laughs) twelve, they're running what fourteen sixty. I mean, that's a lot of yeah fourteen thousand volts. Uh, So my nomination was from Carbon Robotics. Carbon Robotics, and. um, they have an AMR laser shooting weeds. So uh, growing up in Iowa, I, I spent a couple summers detasseling and corn roguing and uh, weeding beans. And they don't have to do that anymore because they can just drive this robot down and it's got full vision system and a laser and it shoots the weed just as it starts to sprout out of the soil. How cool is that? This is wild. Yeah. So now we don't have pesticides going into the earth. Great. High five, carbon robots. Yeah, I'm a fan already. And apparently they're more effective than anything else because what are we doing? What it's again, we're controlling the situation with higher resolution, which is what automation allows you to do. And as I've come to realize more and more every day, all we're doing here in this world is just trying to control more and more of it. And instead of just blasting around chemicals like your boys at Gus are doing, not to say they are, not to say you have to use Gus to do pesticides. You could do watering and nutrients and what have you. Pesticides are part of the game. I get it. But Carbon Robotics says, hey, man, we'll kill all your weeds and not put a lick of pesticides into the ground, which allows you to then maybe be a little bit better in terms of, you know, yielding a higher nutrient, less side effect, you know, research to follow. You know, lasers are better than chemicals. I gotta believe for the water table. Well, and what's interesting, and you you kind of alluded to it, and I I did a blog. I don't know when it's going to be due out. Probably by the time this thing airs. Um, but we talked a little bit about just the the degree of certainty, right? And I think about sitting in the lobby at MTS, right? And what was their slogan for? I was like, be, be certain. certain. Yep. Right. Yep. And when I see this uh, this carbon robotics laser weeder, I go, well, that's pretty damn certain, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's hitting the the ag business, it's hitting the factories. Right? We see this with quality quality assurance and just spot checks and correct. Um, I've, I've had some dialogues recently about, hey, could you dispatch like a spot robot in a factory to walk around and then periodically pluck something off the line? drag it over to a common vision system, or maybe it just brings it to the QA lab. Well, so why doesn't it have Steve a vision didn't system have on to, its head? I, maybe right. you need something special with a different degree of precision, right? I, I don't know. You were asked to make this? I'm not making it, but I've been having dialogues with people around this sort of stuff. I just got asked at Cast Expo, or it was discussed either at Cast Expo or... Um, uh, the casting summit I was at at Rock Island was why can't we have basically an AMR with a six degree arm on it with UV sensors. So then you can spray the casting scan the UV and see if there are any cracks. Yeah. Well, right. Okay. A hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. How about yeah. that? 
How about right. that? Like build it for a hundred, sell it for two hundred. I mean, it, yeah, it's possible, right? Because is are we are is tell me, does Universal Robots have a you know we'll get you eighty percent of the way there AMR kit where you can be like, here's your AMR. It's operating envelope is two by three by four, and then you it can it has a eight hundred pound capacity and it has you know this much battery power based on this much load. Yeah, there's. It, it, I don't know if uh, if Universal has it, but yes, there are people out there that make an AGV AMR that you could you could do exactly what you're talking about. And I think that's where, you know, that's where a lot of this stuff starts to get interesting. Is we're seeing things that are way outside of what we would normally would have thought to do. Right? We've we've built these factories over the last hundred years, and we've come up a way. Right? Everything needs to flow a way. And I think when we yeah, start Grandma thinking, did it. Grandma did it this way, so we have to do it that totally, way. Totally, totally. And that works if you're making like pierogies or apple pie, but not necessarily building a new factory that's doing completely custom automotive stuff, right? Or whatever that is. And I wonder, you know, we're seeing these weird corner cases of like, well, is it possible? And and I let, let's get back to the flag waver, right? Outside the, the hockey rink. Well, duh, of course you can do that, right? Yeah. But flag waver. But you have to ask the question. And I think there's so many people that just don't ask the question. I mean, it, absolutely. I mean, that's probably the most common thread I have with uh, our work at Foundry Casting Systems, which, you know, we were inspired by a paper written in 2012 that it concluded this, all this research is kick ass. You know, 200 plus page research paper, tons and tons of references. Yeah. Superior weapons through castings. Um, and at the end of the paper, they're like, hey, this is really cool, but there's no machines to do this. Right. And we're like, oh, 10 years later. Right. We're chatting about it. It's real. We're doing it. It's here. It's for sale. Right. Give us a shout. Right. Um, let's control that environment of that phase change. Because up until that point, in the two biggest part parts poured volume investment casting sand casting 99% of us are not doing a damn thing about it there are people doing it sure and it's not a novel concept execution there's some value there some i don't know if i'd go as far as saying it's it's a, a novel execution that's left up to interpretation and patent attorneys but it's well, uh, it's it's happening. It's here, and and so everybody wants to control things, and you get better results when you have more control. Mm-hmm. Case in point: Porsches, mm-hmm. rockets, almonds to a certain degree. I'm sure they've got that yield figured out. Well, and if not almonds, they sure do with corn and everything else, right? Sure. So and, and I just I hope that Monsanto doesn't say, "Hey, carbon robotics, here's a." $2 billion check to F off and uh, we're going to keep making pesticides. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because we'd rather hope that our chemistry says we can kill that bug or that, that weed, excuse me. Right. Pes- yeah. yeah. What did I say? Herbicides. Yeah. To be correct. Yeah. So it could be either or, right? It could be totally. weeds, could be bugs. Could yeah, be- I'm sure that's carbon robotics 2.0 is like, yeah, we'll kill a bug too. Right. Like, pew, pew. So this is a, I, I can't name the site, but I was at an aerospace facility a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. 
and they had a two-axis what looked to be a laser tracker. So this has a it's a laser and it rotates and it tilts. Okay. And they were using tracking technology. I'm assuming some sort of sonar, sure. radar. Well, waves. they know the distance, right? So that laser is measuring its time of flight, right? From laser yeah, edge but, no, to no, no, the, but, the surface. But they weren't measuring with it. They were shooting flies out of the air with it. Oh no shit! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, and, and of course, TRW has commercialized this for in theater anti-missile stuff, right? Totally. You, hey, there's a rocket. I'm going to shoot this laser at it, and then there's no longer a rocket, right? That's a real thing that you can buy today if you can buy from TRW. Yeah, you got to be qualified. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they won't sell it to you. So and you're I, telling but. me when I saw the 747 <laughs> uh, Air Force One land the other day, they might have been that on the, that, that, that capability might have been sitting up there on Who that knows? tail. Who knows? Yeah, anything's possible, right? It's for sure. <laughs> At least on the new one, right? Uh, Isn't you, the new one coming out so? soon? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, you know, again, here's another one. And, and this is, I, I think, and we had talked about it a little bit before we, we hit the record button. Um, you know, here's some, some robotics that are actually using Vision, and they're picking product right off the tree. Yeah, and picking a tomato is, is not an easy thing, folks. Like, uh, no, you squeeze that tomato. It's a, I think, I don't know which is harder, squeezing the tomato with a robot or getting a woman who's lost her arm due to an IED to brush her teeth with a new arm. Like yeah. uh, Dean uh, Cayman. Cayman did. At the ARMI. Yeah. Yeah. So not only can she, she can pick up a toothbrush and brush her teeth, she can also squeeze a, tooth, a tube of toothpaste right. and not screw it out, you know, seven inches versus <laughs> the one centimeter she wanted or whatever. Right, right. And then brush her teeth and not stab herself in the nose. Like, it's a big deal. What would be more interesting, I mean, it's not really interesting, but if you were going to brush your teeth, wouldn't it be cooler if, like, you just bit on a mouth guard that had bristles and it just did it for you? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Why don't... I mean, I'm okay. not going to take the difficulty out of this thing, but wow, that's so what we I got, would have envisioned. So you're saying you're automating the sock out of life by getting rid of brushing your teeth, and you just go up to your bathroom, and you plug in a device... And it just zaps and scrubs like a, it's like a car washer for your mouth. Yeah. Picture like a snorkel mouth. How are we piece, doing right? that? Except are we doing deeper. that with just a lot of pressure, a lot of pressurized water? Are we doing that with nano robots? How crazy are you getting? Uh, I don't know. I mean, just pressurized water little, works, right? Yeah. And vibrate a little vibrator shaker with some brushes. I don't know. It's you not rocket a, science. You, you ever use a, a water pick? ROI. I have. I have. So why can't we put a water pick uh, manifold? In a mouth guard. Totally could. And then, obviously, we can find safe pressure. Yeah. And then... Uh, you need, like, a funnel underneath your chin, though. This is just... Ah. Well, that's part of the deal, right? It's it's like a, it's like a the face mask. The vacuum, mask. yeah. Well, it's like a like the uh, like the face mask to a, a American jet. football helmet or something. Oh, there you right? go. Yeah, yeah. No, or, or motorcycle, motorcross. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Sure. I don't need to cover your eyes, though. No, no, right. But it basically, what I'm trying to do is, in my hand, I'm trying to eat a double quarter pounder with cheese. Yeah. Or a, you know, a, a, a double veggie burger, for those of you playing that game. That's cool. Ha. Yeah, hold it there. <laughs> yeah. Right? For about 30 seconds. You'll uh, be fine. Okay, I'll, I'll stay with the ADA two minutes. Okay. And then you're going you're gonna to let me hit a button one and, and put my toothpaste equivalent. Yeah. Cavity, you know, protectant. Yeah. And then you're going to let me hit button two for rinse? Sure. 
Or it just does it. It should just know. Well, you don't have to hit any buttons. You just hit go. I mean, I don't have to go to my clothes washing machine and tell it, well, now you should stop washing and you should rinse, right? But you do it set knows. the program. Yeah, but I've got a really dumb one. Like, it's so, a twisty knob yeah. with one program. Yeah. Like, it's, it's an electromechanical relay. It's, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's great. That's, it's a timing relay. It works. I, and it, mark my words. Today is uh, May the 6th. Okay. Relay logic is going to have a resurgence <laughs> before Thanksgiving. You think so? Oh, yeah. Neon gas is gone. We are host. What do you. So let's unpack that. What do you, what do you mean, neon gas is gone? All right. So our friends at Mega Variable Speed uh, Frequency Drive Manufacturer and others. And just for the record, before we do, this is the point where the, the train has now officially derailed. Yeah, because Sarah's we're, not here. We're way, we're about to venture way off the course here. Anybody ever go hang gliding? Here we go. We're in. Okay, so. It's all Sarah's fault. All right, so I have not checked out how to make neon gas. I'm pretty sure it's an extraction process, either from petroleum or some other mass of minerals. And, and and fun. Fractional distillation. Oh, great. So it's like hydrofracking. Yes? No? Um, I'm not, I, I, I only did a little bit of chemistry. The first step in fractional Physics distillation of air is to change a container of air to a liquid. The liquid air is then allowed to warm up. As the air warms, each element of air changes from a liquid back to a gas at a different temperature. Mm. So we have to like make it super cold to make it a liquid. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And then heat it up and then slurp it with some sort of... Di- yeah. Like a distillery. Like you got different levels. Exactly. And it's predictable. And there's yes. some, so a ton of control and a load of automation. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cryogenic air separation plants. Yeah. That's exactly what we... Yes. Perfect. Yeah. So, so that's how you do it. Thank you. For those of you keeping score at home. And that's important because there's a market opportunity here. Boy, do I have one for you. Pick you your a favorite cryo freezer in your basement. No, I think there's somebody needs to drop. I think one of those billionaires. What are we up to right now? Eleven hundred of them. I think one of those billionaires needs to listen, and listen good because the market is in the stocks are dropping right now. May sixth, we've had some drops. Yeah. So hey, I got an idea. Okay, go vertically integrate the manufacturer and, and production of three gas plants because we need them all. We need. Pick your fi- favorite top 10 gases to make uh, silicone chips. Argon. Nitrogen, oxygen, argon. Krypton, xenon. And neon. Yeah, they're all in this. It's the same process for all of them. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So right now, May 6th, China. There's three plants. China is shut down. Their plant is shut down because of COVID. Plant number two, for in no logical order, is in uh, the now raped and pillaged Ukraine. May never be able to operate again. And door number three, plant number three, is owned by uh, the worst person in the world, shitbag Putin. This is official title for those of you keeping score at home. I think that's an offer right there is what we would call that. Correct. So that's 90%. 90 percent of neon gas not available so what happens when you have an industrial process made making uh raw material gases like this 
or um, what happened in Texas shut down epoxy, right? Oh yeah, yeah right. The resin. So we lose we lose this capacity, and capacity when it's generated from an operation that generally is running two or three shifts doesn't. It's not like your lights. You can shut off pretty quick because of emergency and automation and control, but to turn it back on, it doesn't exactly just turn back on. The truck stopped coming to pick it up. The truck stopped coming to deliver. There's stockpiles. There's issues. There's oh, latency. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I would say this is this is very, I don't want to say specific, but it's specific to what we would call a process plant, right? So this is any petrochem. This is any Correct. gas. This is Correct. any chemical. Correct. By the way, I learned about how they make the pipes that they run all the you know when you take petrol or oil out of the out of the ground, yeah, and then you go and pull off the kerosene, the diesel, and the gasoline. What's left? They superheat okay. to like fourteen hundred degrees centigrade, I believe, and they hold it there. And they're running it through a network of pipes that have more than twelve inches of insulation on either side of this special insulation. But the pipes are centrifugally cast. So they can directionally solidify in oh. lengths of like 28 to 100 and some odd feet. Yeah. Four inch thick, four yeah. inch ID pipes. Yeah, yeah. And then they run them at that crazy 1400, I believe again, degrees centigrade. I could be wrong there. They run them at three to four years until the pipes just go. Sure. But inside of that essentially giant radiator shaped heat sink, basically, yeah. they're passing the excess off the petroleum to then make your favorite polypropylenes and whatever else plastics. Sure. Right. Sure. So when that happened, when that, that power outage happened down in Texas in 21 or 20. Yeah. One of those, the great winter storm of Texas. And the lie was told about why they couldn't make power and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That is the beginning of this epoxy shortage that we're currently sitting in right yep. now, right? Because they shut off all that capacity, and then when they got it back up, even if it was the next day, mm-hmm. it doesn't just return, right? No. We're, our, our demand continues to go up, and if you lose an hour, right? That's why predictive maintenance is so important. If you lose an hour, it has repercussions, and they have ways to calculate how much an hour costs them, right? There's a term for this. Yeah, um, I mean, loss it, dollars lost. Or yeah, we used to call it productivity I mean, loss. Criti- wait, yes, yes. But what does that equate to in GDP? Well, we're about to find out. Sure. And we have all this demand because we're trying to build two different transportation segments right now at the same time, right? Ice engines, EVs, and we're trying to stand that up. My understanding now is there are at least six battery plants to be built by the end of 23. Which all require weird gases and metals, right? And incredibly, they they make batteries, fun fact, at 1% relative humidity. Ultra clean room environment. Yep. Fascinating. You know what doesn't like that ultra low humidity? Plastics. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. And don't you have, uh, you have to mitigate some static electricity issues too, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, uh, yeah, static and, and plastics both. It, yeah. It's, it's a funky place to be for That's sure. That's where, uh, you make those, uh, what are they, uh, P- 
PPE plastics? Teflon plastics? Yeah, I don't know. I should know that. I sell that stuff. Uh, any day, we got these two fabs. One yeah. just outside of Columbus, Ohio. Right next door, they're going to, I think it's New Germany. They're going to build an Intel $22 million fab. Yeah. It's and then, a big, and then, big expensive thing. And then yeah. some other dude, Amgen, I believe, is dropping over a billion bucks in the same town to build a pharmaceutical packaging plant. Right? Yep. So now you got 4,000 people and they need to get to, you know, suburbs of Columbus, Ohio. Good thing they got the Ohio State right there. So I guess everybody who is graduating from an engineering degree and, and whatever other fancy, you know, ness in the next two years got a job. But the point is, is we build the fab. We started, we broke ground. Yeah. Let's say we broke ground yesterday. Yep. They're not producing chips on Christmas of 2023. They will be lucky if they get them out by the Christmas of 24. Correct. Correct. And we build two new fabs and six new battery plants, and we don't have anybody going from the DOD or the the uh, the Chamber of Commerce. Nobody's going, hey, we need the raw materials. <laughs> Do you hear the words coming out of my mouth? We're just moving the bottleneck. That's all we're doing. Right. Right. And we still have these darn oceans, even if those three plants were working. Yeah. We still have the damn oceans in the way. With boats. With boats. And all the other stuff. Yeah. And buttholes who think they should take somebody's port away from them because they don't want to play nice. Right. Right. Talk about the largest multiverse experience of we're in the multiverse version where somebody has all the land and wants to just be a terrible executor of capability right like putin holy shit (laughs) you have all the land you have more you have more coasts than anybody else you got killer resources piles of resources right i'm not a geologist but i'm pretty sure he's probably covered i bet if he i bet he can play blackout bingo on a on a periodic table more than once correct Yeah, yeah yeah So he can he can crush at least the top section, not the section where we made up stuff. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no colliders yeah. over there. I don't think they have one, right? <laughs> the nearest one is CERN. CERN. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's got the top half. Yeah, for sure. And and what is he going to do? I'm going to have 70 of my top generals killed in the first two months of a conflict with a person who I thought wasn't capable to do anything <laughs> because he was on Dancing with the Stars. Terrible. So we, so that's my problem is we are automating the suck out of our supply chain by increasing our fabrication capabilities of microchips, right? Because the economy is based on microchips now, right? We can't grow food yep. without microchips, as we've illustrated today. We can't ship the food to you without microchips. We can't fly and have a vacation without microchips. We can't communicate without microchips. But we're not, I mean... I'd love to have somebody yell out to me and maybe I need to do a better job, but I haven't heard that we're building more capacity. Capacity in which regard? Raw in materials or raw materials? Yeah, like, yeah. Like let's build, let's, let's make this stuff. Right. Let's make the gases that go into the fabs. Right. Let's change our drug policy so that the, the Sonora cartel is no longer in business 
and then let's go mine the heck out of the lithium in northern Mexico right. instead of worrying about people getting their heads chopped off. Well, and it makes me wonder, too, as we start to think about where these resources are coming from, is it kind of like going to the grocery store? Do you think most people even understand that there's a factory that does this cryo-freezing to separate the chemical? Like, or do you think people just think, oh, they just go over to the the neon faucet and turn it on? I, I totally think it's the latter, unfortunately. But I think it's changing, right? Like, I didn't know, Dick, about uh, neon gas, um, you know, two, five years ago. Yeah, I mean, I still would admit I, I don't know anything about it. I, I sell people. I sell stuff to people that manipulate the chemicals and the gases that go into the chips. Yeah. So that's that's as close as I get to that. Um, but I'm, I'm not selling that equipment, so I'm definitely not worth anything in terms of an expert. In right. It. And again, I was a physics friend, not a chemistry friend in college. Yeah. But holy cow, like, what are we doing with our chemical engineers? And if we don't need them anymore at Monsanto to make um, Roundup, Roundup, well then, because we're going to shoot them with lasers, then we need to figure out how we're going to get, let's eliminate the damn ocean from making, like that, that's what, and remember, somebody asked Jobs before he died, why don't you make the iPhone in America? And like, we don't have the infrastructure here. Right. We don't have the fabs. We don't have the processing plants. And is right. it because the EPA doesn't want the processing plants in America? Maybe, right? I mean, I, I think that's part of it. I also think there was this, and there was this, uh, and I'm going to point backwards a generation, right? It was this, let's go outsource everything. Yeah, GE. And we'll just, guys. yeah, we'll just, we'll bring it, you know, we'll buy it. Um, but I would say today's current climate and, 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 you know, the other one that scares me outside of chips is magnets. Sure. But we're so, giving money to Intel to build this these fabs. We, the federal government. Yeah, without a doubt. And are we are we also giving money to, I don't know, let's just pick out a favorite chemical company, Dow, somebody to say, hey, here's here's $200 billion. Go, uh, I think Intel got $20 billion. It was know. a lot of money. It was a lot yeah. of money. More money than I've seen. And build this plant. We need this infrastructure. It's critical to our GDP, our freedom, whatever. Well, we can't go to school anymore, so we got to have chips so we can educate our work base because we don't have anybody that wants to work right now, which is the other issue. <laughs> Calculus in fifth grade, please. <laughs> I moved the timetable up. I heard some scary stuff from the DOD. Yeah? Yeah, we need it. we're not educating the kids to be industrial advocates. Like we talked about earlier, you know, make, make, make it cool to go and make stuff. Well, not only have we taken it where it's not cool, we've let insurance companies get in the way too. Totally, because right? like, it's not fun to be working in a foundry. It's, I mean, it's no, but but especially even, in Alabama, even in the high schools, right? So why did they kill shot class? Because kids cut their fingers off. Yeah, 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 right. Well, why don't we just buy them those shotgun saws? Episode four. Fair. Yep. But also, I think, and this is going to sound terrible, so send your hate mail now. Dear Sometimes Justin. things happen. Correct. Right? Like there's a there's a gravity to life. And I would say the people that cut their fingers off are probably also the same people that took their 70 mile an hour, 2,000 pound death machine and put it in a ditch or around a tree. It's a Chevy Cruze. Shit, yeah, man. Or an FU-50. 
Yeah, Doesn't that's matter. closer to 4,100, but yeah, I hear you. But I mean, that, that, so that's the point is like, no matter what accidents do happen. And, totally. I, and I think, hey. But we can't, we can't codify the nation because we're going to end up with a bunch of, uh, how do I put this nicely? Useless individuals. Sure. Or let's, I guess we're going to, we're going to, we're going to basically take what, you know, I understand is a new segment called uh, weird, which is Western educated, industrial, rich, democratic. Which is the majority of the people in this country. Okay. Right? So, apparently, these people think differently because they come from that opportunity versus sure. you identify yourself in some rural village in China and say, well, I'm I'm uh, Kimmy's kid. Yeah. That's how I identify myself. Versus over here, we're like, I'm a soccer player. I'm a, I'm a bike builder. Oh, sure. I'm a teacher. You know, you tell people what you're up to. Yep, yep. And that I, how you I answer that I am question is your perspective. Sure, sure. So we need to change our perspective so that it opens up to more ideas than just uh, we need more attorneys and doctors, which I'm sure we need more of both of those. Absolutely. One more so than the other, I would argue. Agreed. Um, but we need less war. Well, and I wonder too, like... We, we as inflation creeps up here, right? As wages are at a well, they're going up lickety split. Yeah, it's it's unprecedented. There's two right? right now in May. There's two job offers or opportunities for every one available employee, allegedly. Right. I saw an article on LinkedIn said, "Hey, Alabama's going to create like a half a million manufacturing jobs coming up here with this big investment they're doing." And I thought to myself, "What are they making?" Yeah. Uh, Cars? And, yeah, automotive is a big one down well, there, right? Mercedes owns a town down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there, there's manufacturing demand there. Yep. But part of me says, well, does Alabama have a half a million willing and able-bodied people that want those jobs? Roll Tide. Right? I Just mean... Push them right out of school and into there. Sure. But do you, what about the folks that didn't go to Alabama? Well, what about the folks at community college, you know... I mean, take them with too, but sure. I, I still don't know if there's a half a million of them. Like that, that's a big number. Yeah. What's the population of Alabama? I don't know. I think GDP is like 490. I bet population is, uh, I'll give me 3 million. 4.9 in 2019. Louisiana, 4.6. Mississippi, 2.976. So that, that, that tide game is strong. Louisiana's had an exodus, though. It should be expected to be low. For sure, for sure. I mean, what, 15% of New Orleans moved to Houston? <laughs> yeah. I mean, rightfully so. Right, right. I didn't like the hurricanes over there, but I'm going to like the hurricanes over here. <sighs> at least um, it's above. I believe it's above. I'm pretty sure Houston's above sea level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's an interesting challenge. I do think as we see this resurgence of reshoring, that natural resource thing has to come with it. And I also have to wonder as we look at this, you know, carbon credits at the global level, right? Like, hey, dude, I'm 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 investing a lot in that game, but but it's got to count. Like, hey, oh, you took all that gas, you separated it, and then you put it in big tanks, and you put those tanks on a boat. Well, and 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 super cooling anything isn't exactly free. It's not like you like you said earlier. Turn on the super cooler, and it's just like, oh, you know, it's like the Mississippi River, man. <laughs> you, know? you mean you might need like nuclear power to run oh, one of those things? God forbid, you know. Do you see uh, California's looking at? Do they extend the uh, 
the, the operating duration of Diablo Canyon now because they're looking at it going, they have hmm, to. Maybe, maybe our grid can't be what we thought it was going to be, even though we to. said it would because, damn it, we went to really, really smart people places and said it would. Yeah, crude joke of the day. They're going to need it for all the lights, for all the abortions they're going to have to do <laughs> when this Roe versus Wade gets flipped over because... This silliness of the land of the free is happening. And somebody's got to charge EVs. Exactly. Somebody's got to charge EVs. And they and you can't buy an ice engine car in California in what, 2030? Is that for real? Oh, that's yeah, they're the first ones in the states. 2030 can't buy an ice new. So will you be able to get from San Francisco to Yosemite and back? Totally. Did you see the new Benz? No. Benz did uh, 1000 kilometers. For real? Yeah. How big is this thing? It's an S-Class. Really? Beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. Okay. It's now the I'm car. In. I'm sold. It's the car. I'm pretty sure that Lewis Hamilton said in his contract renewal for this year and next year that he gets for free. <laughs> he wrote that into his ass. You know, nobody's asking for green M&Ms anymore in their right. rider. No, I want, I want that new hotness fully loaded. You know, I want number serial number four. Well, what's Louis' number? 33, <laughs> I think, or something? 43? That's the 11-year-old. Speaking of uh, EVs, we did get some fan mail. Oh, do tell. I won't read the whole thing, but uh, my buddy Tim Epperson from uh, AIC down in uh, Arkansas, Little Rock. Oh, I know Tim. wrote us. I've called Tim long, long time ago. Tim bailed me out of something. Hi, yeah, Tim. yeah, yeah, and uh, and he's been Thanks in town. For writing in, Tim. Right for the uh, the rail show here in town. Roger. We've uh, met him for Scotch eggs and beers before. So yes. Thanks for writing in, and uh, we're glad you're enjoying it. And he says he's on the list, waiting for his F one fifty Lightning, which I still think has a lot of upside to it. It's cool, but I'm not buying one yet. Why not? Range, man, range. But this Mercedes thing that's got me excited. That sounds cool. Give me a little more range, dude. I. I think there's some algos that are going to come into that are going to mess that chemistry game up. Well, and I heard the other day they got new battery chemistry already coming around the pipe. Well, I mean, you Tesla's long range is all... Uh, no, Tesla standards are not rolling with cobalt because you don't need it. Because the standard range, you know, everybody's understood you're only going to get 200, I think. Okay. But the long range... You throw some cobalt in there, and you're up into the 300s. Like a Model S is the best, or no, Model Three is the best. Model Three long range, I think, is like quote me at 330. Okay, okay. But that ain't a thousand. It's not a thousand. It's not a thousand. But you still, I mean, not everybody can buy the S class, bro. I probably can't either. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Watt Nuendo needs to jump. Right. Put an S-Class in my garage. Speaking of jumps. Yeah. Uh, random fun fact while we've completely derailed. Uh, it's a good hang gliding session. This is cool. We are up to 476 downloads. Wow. So we're this close to 500. What happens there? Do you get a certificate of silliness? I think we're going to have to have like a double kombucha day instead is that of a, just a singular kombucha is that a, day. Is that, a, is that a per episode download? No, 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 no. Oh, that's cumulative? Wow, yeah, we got yeah, a long yeah. ways to go. Yeah, we got a long ways to go. That's hilarious. But, I hope we're laughing at this at some point. But 476, yeah, well, it's, Tell a your friends. it's a start. Tell your friends. I think we should be shipping out some stickers. Well, I'm shipping Tim some stickers. He doesn't know it yet, and hopefully they arrive before this airs. But yeah, uh, it's Mother's Day. There's stickers in the mail. Put it in a pink envelope for him. Uh, I don't... Send him a happy Mother's envelope. Day card on Monday when they're on sale. <laughs> 
Tim, thanks for writing Happy Mother's Day. We just want to let you know, Tim. Um, I couldn't have done this without you. Right. So, yeah, it's uh, a lot of cool stuff going on. A lot of cool automation going on. Well, I just think... I think there's a I think there's a garbage picker coming. And I bet there's one out there. And maybe we should have just typed in AMR garbage picker. Yeah, but we don't have money for that because we have to pay back student loans. So we can spend money on garbage pickers or we can give people other money, but there's still only a finite bucket of money. No, ah, they print more of it every day. <laughs> President of a major corporation the other day just told his uh, manager when they said and he goes, Why haven't you started that program? He's like, Well, we don't have any funding. He's like, funding's just a number on a spreadsheet. Start the damn program. Ask for forgiveness, not permission, right? All right, all right. I don't know. I think I think we can do it. I, don't, I mean, we got... I think it's a cool idea. We've got excess capacity. Everybody can burn the midnight oil a little bit and work on something cool. You can still have Netflix on in the background. Yeah, or Spotify or whatever. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe Apple Podcasts, if you will. There you go. But, wh- I mean, what is, what, is the, what is the WALL-E issue? Is it power density? Is it solar power? I mean, oh, for the garbage about? picker. Yeah, we're talking about. You know, you could have you could have six of them operating, and only one of them has a four G hotspot, and then you just have them talking back to the master, and then you're going up and down the road. Yeah, I mean, safer. Y- so you could totally texting use while driving the... hits the robot, nobody dies. Texting while driving hits the community service worker. Right now, you're out a mother of three because she, um, I don't know, tripped over. I don't Something. see why you couldn't use like the uh, the Boston Dynamics or the Spot. Like, yeah, it's already there. Just put a little backpack garbage can on it, and then you have a trailer, right? And maybe this trailer is an AMR. I and, forgot about Spot. Spot's a great idea, right? And How then you just Spot now. Is he down to thirty? Um, yeah. yeah. Let, let, let let's consult uh, Google because Google is our uh, official show. So then I'm putting a robot arm on the back of Spot that's going to grab all no, the garbage? No, he's got a little pincher. How much? How many How many degrees of freedom do we have with the pincher? Enough to pick up garbage. That one's going to pick up somebody's underwear on their living room floor. Here's a photograph look at, of... Look at uh, that. Look at that couch. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Dude spent all of his money on Spot. Got a used couch. So Spot is 74.5 right now. Jeez. That's a... It's a solid 2008 Porsche 991 911 variant with about 48,000 miles. Right. But there's a Chinese firm that has made a $2,700 robot dog that can carry a single bottle of water. Come on. China, you can do better than that. You got, what, 1.5 billion people? Come on. Yeah, just like quadruple that. Like, how about we go to $10,000 and four bottles of water? <laughs> but really, I mean, how much do we pay? We, we still pay people to go out and pick up car- garbage. Now, there aren't yeah. community service organizations, you know. Well, you know, the other one that this would be a part of that uh, is near and dear come like September, October, November here in the upper Trail Midwest. Not trail maintenance, but picking up dead deer carcasses that are scattered all over the place. Totally. So, like, wow. I want to do that. But. Why don't we we Kickstarter that? Kickstarter a robot to pick up garbage. Because we're idea guys. (laughs) No, we're not. We're just broke. (laughs) Because we've already executed on other ideas. (laughs) 
Anyway, uh, so we Sarah, are. You should come back, right? But I feel like even though we derailed a little bit, we knew we were about to derail. We called it, yeah, and we I mean, still kind of kept close. Yeah, we still kind of kept close. We came back and touched it. We're, we're, we're good at callbacking. But yes, uh, Sarah usually keeps us in track, in check. I really just, I if, if anything, maybe we're inspiring. I, if these ideas get picked up by other people, um, this is not a zero-sum game in my opinion. There is plenty to go around. And uh, I wish you all luck. I really advocate that people take chances and do things and make things. It's wicked fun. I... Uh, had some setbacks with the bike recently, but still learned a lot. Still got a lot more to learn. Yeah. It's just money. Make more of it today or tomorrow. Today was payday for me, so. Congratulations. I did make a little more. Good. Good. But, yeah, I, I go out there and make something, automate something, take some suck out, help somebody out. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun to get people to move their eyes, eyebrows up. You know, you... uh you got one shot to spin around this little sun. So go do it. Yeah. Nothing stopping you. And on that note, we're out of here. And that's a wrap for today. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed your time with us, please like and subscribe. Keep the letters coming to automationadvocates at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. The opinions in this show are ours and not representative of our employers. While normally polished, occasionally we might slide off the rails and into the ditch. Forgive us for that one.